Sound Design. You have a free system that gives you 10 mics in the room that, that are just right at, you know, two inches from people's mouth. It, it just sounds amazing. Sound Design. Sound Design Live is produced independently by me, Nathan Lively, in Oakland, California. Welcome to Sound Design Live. Today, my guest is the co-founder of Crowd Mics, Tim Holiday. Tim, thanks so much for being here. Nathan, thanks. Good to be here. So I definitely want to talk to you about how Crowd Mics is changing audience participation at meetings and events. But first, can we talk about customer service for a minute? You bet. Let's do it. So I was pretty surprised that on the Crowd Mics website, there's a little chat box. And when I typed in a message, you were online with me almost immediately. Then today I was taking a look at your Twitter feed and I realized that you've probably read Gary Vaynerchuk's books and Tony Hasea, both great business minds with a focus on customer service. So I wanted to tell you two quick stories and get your feedback and maybe find out why you think it's important to be constantly available and what you think your customer service means for crowd mics. That's great. Sounds good. You could kind of think of this as uh, Breville versus Comcast. So Breville, um, if you don't know them, they're probably in your home if you haven't noticed, but they make all kind of things like coffee machines and toasters. I guess they're most well-known for their coffee machines. So I got a really nice espresso machine from them when I moved into the place that I'm in now as sort of a housewarming gift for myself. And after a few months, let's see, after about six months, I started having a problem. And I emailed them about it. Uh, they were really nice. They followed up and then they replaced the machine. What's funny is that they did that two more times. Wow. Even on the third, and then on the third time, <laughs> they said, you know what? We've never seen anyone else have this many problems with our machines. So we'll need to get back to you. It took them a couple days to get back to me. And then they just gave me all my money back. They were just sort of like, we don't, we're not sure why it's not working out for you, but please take your money. So I got a year of using a, a great espresso machine for free. Wow. And I, you know, so that makes me want to buy things from the future. I was just sort of amazed how easy it was. I thought I was going to call them up and they're going to hassle me and be like, why are you not using our machine correctly? And then just not believe me or not help me. But, you know, this was after the warranty had already expired. They still wanted to help me out. So there's that example of, I feel like, great customer service and them making it really easy on me. And then uh, there's sort of my lifelong battle with Comcast, which uh, ended in me ending their service. But what was funny is that like uh, months, three months after I had cut off my service with them, they were still calling me daily. Like they had this automatic call set up because they thought there was some piece of equipment that I still hadn't sent back to them, which I had. And they had verified on other calls with me that they already had received this piece of equipment. And then they sent me a bill for it. So I finally called them up. I worked it out. I said, you've already received this. They said, oh yeah, we have already received this. And then they wanted me to pay some $2 bill on top of that for some late fee or something. Anyway, I worked it out. It was just, to me, like kind of the opposite example of companies giving me a hard time, not trying to help me out. And then I posted about you know being angry about that on Twitter. And then my cousin Colin posted an article about how Comcast is rated like the worst company in the United States. Anyway, not going to try and beat up on them right now, but just trying to show you two examples of like my experience and 
I'm just surprised that companies like Comcast can still do that and still be in business. So I don't know. Can you relate to those stories? And like maybe that's kind of why Tim. Sorry for the long story, but that no, I'm, no. I'm thinking maybe it's things like that that make you want to be available to your customers and provide better customer service. No, that, that's exactly that's exactly the type of scenarios that makes any consumer, or I guess in our case, any any provider service provider want to really have amazing customer service. Um, we just don't want our customers to be on the on the receiving end of crappy service. You know, we, we are definitely students of Gary V uh, and, and everything he does. We're fans. We've had some contact with him. And then Tony at Zappos, I mean, his Delivering Happiness book and everything they do is amazing. Sean and I got to visit Zappos a couple weeks ago, take a tour of their whole the whole campus and and just really see firsthand how these guys work. And and you know we're t- we're small right when I mean, we're just getting this thing rolling, but we we just want to build into our culture that you know what we're real people on the other end of the line. These are human beings, and we are just trying to build something awesome and want you to enjoy it. So if it means that you know you can you can grab me on the website at any time of day or night, you know so be it. You know if we're if we live on Twitter so that we can help people out. You know that's just that's just how we want. We just want to be accessible in, in in the manner that people want to communicate. We we have people that call us, and that's how they want to roll. Email only. You know the the the, the website actually is kind of interesting. That we use live chat as our as our chat service. It actually goes right to our phone as well. Both Sean and I. So uh, you know it, it's almost like just texting back and forth with people, and that works out well. So we just we just want to make it a part of who we are. Okay, so CrowdMics is an elegant solution to a problem that everyone has experienced, but especially those of us who work on corporate events. At many live events and almost every meeting, there's a Q&A section, and it's never quite a complete success. Most meeting planners either make people line up behind a microphone on a stand or employ mic runners to transport a wireless microphone to the next person asking a question. So the first solution is kind of annoying for audience members, and only the most bold people will actually get up to approach the microphone. And the second solution is often messy because the entire event comes to a standstill as we wait for the mic runner to navigate the room and then communicate with the sound engineer about who's speaking next. One meeting planner that I've worked with in the past had a big set of giant numbers, and that was great. So she could give each one to a mic runner, and they would hold it up so that I would see which microphone was about to be used next and you know, bring up the right microphone on the mixing board. So crowd mics have come up with a better solution. They've put a wireless mic in everyone's pocket by developing an app for iOS and Android that transmits audio, text, and pulling data from one device to another in real time. So Tim, I've played around with some other walkie-talkie type apps before, like Voxer and I Push the Talk. And they they were definitely fun, but it never really seemed that useful. So what's different about Crowd Mics? Crowd Mics was designed for the scenario that you just talked about, meaning Sean and I were in a meeting, 120 people in the room, no mic runners, very interactive session. And as questions and comments were coming from the crowd, we, we just couldn't hear what what the, what the questions and comments were. And, uh, you know, Sean and I had a, so we're brothers, 
and we had another brother living in, in uh, on the East Coast, and we and and Sean <laughs> Sean got distracted. He had his phone out, holding it in his hand during this session. All of a sudden, he kind of pops up and says, "Tim, wait a second. We could FaceTime or communicate with our brother across the country and see him and and hear him clearly." But we cannot hear the lady that's in the corner of the room making a comment. There's got it, can there not be a way we can use our phone as a microphone in this room? And and that's where CrowdMics was born. So, you know, as opposed to some of these other systems that do push audio from device to device, CrowdMics is designed with the audience in mind to actually make it a, a, a useful situation, a useful session. And, and on top of that, I mean that that so that's the fundamental piece. This is this truly is the microphone for the crowd. It's not a walkie-talkie, and that makes it really simple and straightforward for a presenter to use and interface with and control. The other piece, though, too, uh, Nathan. Quite frankly, we we kind of wondered why we took two months trying to figure out why this had not been developed, you know, by by somebody else. And we found that that the audio piece is really hard. That getting audio fast enough from one device to the next over Wi-Fi is just a major challenge. Some of these other systems like Vox and whatnot, they work great because you're never in the room with the person that you're communicating with. But when all of a sudden you're in the room and it's actually your voice coming out of the speaker, that little bit of you know, 300, 500 millisecond delay all of a sudden becomes a big deal. And so we've become obsessed with that audio piece. Um, our audio right now is, is, is pretty darn good definitely usable. And we're coming out hopefully in the next month or two with some really cool, exciting updates and upgrades to our audio engine that will make crowd mics much more like an actual microphone. Let's talk about how it works then since we're talking about the audio quality and the latency. So first of all, you need at least two devices, like an iPhone, an iPad, or an Android phone. Mm -hmm. And everyone has to be on the same wireless network. That's what makes it work. Then you need one device running in presenter mode, and that outputs the audio to a sound system and selects which people can talk, and it can see messages from people, and it can set up a poll for people to vote on. Everyone else in the crowd is also running the app, but from their end, they're transmitting the audio from the microphone on the phone. Right. And I tested this out at home, and I think I probably got the maximum delay you could get because I'm using my iPhone 5 and I'm using an old iPhone 4, maybe three or four years old, and I was getting about half a second of delay. So tell me if you think if if that's standard, and it wasn't bad, but it was kind of annoying to hear myself through the sound system about half a second later. So what are you experiencing um, on events where you're using this? Sure, so um, there's no doubt that you know what's kind of cool about crowd mics is that the microphone that we get to use is, has you know has dual core processor, quad core processor, has a screen. I mean, we're kind of redefining what it means to actually have a microphone. It's it's no longer just this stick in your hand, uh, which by the way, you know you cannot replace a, a really nice Sennheiser wireless mic. I mean, that's not what we're trying to do. But 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 at the same time, we do we we are subject to the power of the device in your hand. We have found that iPhone 4s and that generation and, and lower, you know, uh, older, they struggle a little bit encoding and decoding the audio. And, and so there's definitely some delay built in right there, right off the bat. Most of the time, we're experiencing somewhere between 150 and maybe up to 250, 300 milliseconds uh, of delay. You know, we're talking what, you know, a tenth, a fifth of a second. 
Mm, yeah, that's better than what I was getting. Yeah, certainly better. I mean, you know, less than half of, of what you were experiencing. Even that said, though, again, it's never good enough for us. You know, we, we want to get that under 100, you know, under 50, uh, and, and just really make it approach a wireless microphone. But boy, getting that to happen over Wi-Fi is tough because we are, to some degree, subject to the Wi-Fi network itself. Mm-hmm. So in your case, Nathan, you, you, you probably had some delay introduced from the iPhone 4. The iPhone 5 should be able to handle it, no problem. The iPhone 4 was, was a limiting factor. And then just a, you know, a home wireless network sometimes will struggle pushing the, uh, the audio quick enough. Now seems like a good time for me to jump in with an update about crowd mics that I got from Tim. So Tim says, a lot has happened since we did the interview. Most notably, we've worked with some awesome companies like Univision and Discovery Channel, uh, as with Arizona State University. We also did 25 sessions at Salesforce's Dreamforce Conference. Crowd mics has also won the Startup Connect Arizona Pitch Contest and is competing in the Venture Madness competition. So congratulations about that. Uh, Let's see. In October, we released a new version of Crowd Mics, which has a 10x improvement in audio performance. Prior to that release, audio delay from mouth to speaker was about 300 milliseconds, or one-third of a second. This causes an echo and often is hard to talk through. We've reduced that to under 30 milliseconds, so the app performs much more like a microphone and hope to have some exciting technology releases. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, it's interesting because you're competing with all the other traffic going over that network router. So obviously something mission critical like this, you would want to have a network set up that's just for crowd mics. Um, but I imagine if you're using any other kind of built-in network that's also transmitting, you know, everybody's email and, you know, if they're streaming video or things like that, there's nothing on the network that says this is a priority. So you have to compete with all that other stuff. What have you seen people do at live events? Are they bringing in their own routers? Yeah, so we, we've seen a blend. I mean, in some cases, for example, here uh, in, uh, we're in the Phoenix area, the Phoenician uh, in Scottsdale is a facility that just recently upgraded their wireless system, and it's just it's amazing. I mean, it's 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 certainly upgraded with uh, the latest, so they can handle just much more throughput, more connections, and there's less of a concern. But though, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Wi-Fi typically struggles in in most venues. So if that is the case, if the Wi-Fi simply is just not going to be able to handle the number of connections and the the type of data that's that's being pushed through, then we certainly recommend bringing your own router. And and a number of of our customers have done exactly that. Uh, Depends on the size of the group. I mean, here's what's kind of crazy. We're finding our sweet spot is somewhere between 75 and 300 attendees. Hmm. I mean, can CrowdMics handle 2,000? Sure. You know, there's no reason why it shouldn't. It's actually the limiting factors of the network. The app itself can handle, you know, we've tested it well over 1,000, but it's, it's the network that has to be able to handle it. In the case of bringing your own network, the beauty of CrowdMics is that you do not need to connect that network to the internet. That means that you know you could literally bring a router off the shelf, plug it into the to the back of the room, uh, everybody connects to it, and you're off and running. Uh, and and that that makes for a really nice plan B, and in some cases a plan A, for uh, for some meeting planners. I would love to see someone use this at an outdoor music festival, maybe where they're just trying to engage with the crowd a little bit, 
I've never seen anything like that, but that would be exciting. No, it'd be cool. I mean, you know, the whole like outdoor music festival where you've got people that can, you know, sing along or they can request songs or they can, they can vote on the best song of the last set. I mean, you could have a lot of fun with it. And, and we've, we've had some interest for sure from some, some artists who, who like that idea and want to give it a try. So we're, we're kind of working on that as well. Um, you know, when we launched this, we launched at, uh, it's called Launch Festival. Uh, it was a, a conference where you know 40 companies got up on stage, kind of a Shark Tank type scenario, and pitched their their company in front of investors and, and whatnot. Uh, but the idea was that you're launching your company for the first time in public, which we did in, in February. And we actually did. A, we decided last minute, kind of a little bit gangster. We decided to do a live demo, which which is just a nightmare. You know, <laughs> if you think about it, and and sometimes we look back and think, what were we thinking, man? Why did we do that? But it was awesome. What, what we did is they had probably 12 to 1,500 people in the room. Uh, probably about the, the, the networking guys told us close to 4,000 connections because everybody had a couple devices. So you got 4,000 connections on this network that they, it was a, a network that they set up on the fly. Uh, so it wasn't the built in you know, network of the venue. They probably had 80, 60 to 80 access points pushing radio in, inside, that, inside that, that hall. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Wow. Uh, they did end up setting up our own SSID, which was nice, and that kind of helped them control the traffic to some degree and prioritize crowd mics. Uh, and you know what? It worked. It worked. Uh, it was not flawless. It was not without uh, a little bit of um, you know some some air in the audio to some degree, or a little bit of delay. No, I shouldn't say a little bit of delay. Certainly some delay. But at the end of the day, the voice did come out the speaker, and it worked great uh, in, in that big old in that massive hall. So again, depends on venue, depends on network. And we're finding on a case-by-case scenario that we're able to successfully uh, you know, pull it off for the most part. Very cool. So Tim, this isn't really a question, but reading your Frequently Asked Questions page, I was surprised to learn that you use the top mic of the iPhone. And I said, what? What top <laughs> mic? So then I had to look it up. And it turns out that this phone that I've had for a year, I had no idea, has three mics, uh, bottom, top, and top back. That's right. So maybe I'm the last to find out about this, but anyway, yeah. that's why when you use it and you see people using it in the video, they're not holding up the bottom of their phones to their mouths. They're actually just speaking into the top of the phone. That's exactly right. And we kind of wanted to make it feel like a, a microphone, right? You know, so you, you know, naturally we're talking to the top, but we still have a, plenty of people who speak into the bottom when they use crowd mics. Uh, we're, we're actually updating our interface to kind of direct you to look to talk to the top uh, the top microphone. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, for that for that exact reason, you know, it's um, and it's been it's been interesting. You know, the iPhone has a uh, you know two mics on the top. Uh, most Android devices have their mics on the top, and it's definitely a an education kind of a moment. We've actually considered going back to the bottom just for that reason. But we're really we're really like the idea of not having the phone in your face, in your you know covering your eyes and in your face while you're talking. We yeah. really want to make it feel natural. Well, I'm just excited about not having to keep track of 50 wireless mics in the audience that I can't see. That's exactly right. Yeah, the sound guy the sound guys actually like it. Now you know we are dealing with, as you can imagine, you know Nathan and you're you're a sound guy, so you get it. You know you're dealing with. Potentially ten different microphones, meaning like different actual devices, 
Uh, so you got a, you know, a, 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 an iPhone four sounds different than a five, than a five S, then a Galaxy, you know, Tab, then a Galaxy S four. So the sound guy does have to do a little bit of work. You know, they have to kind of, kind of, you know, ride ride the slider a little bit and kind of do some work. Not a big deal, but you know, our software actually does some some normalization. It does some feedback control built in, and that's kind of the cool part of having a a software microphone, right? As we can control that kind of stuff. But, but at the end of the day, that's been the response from the audio guys. Dang, I get 50 microphones on one channel and I don't have to switch them myself. Sweet. Perfect. But here's the thing though. I mean, we're finding uses for crowd mics that, that even we, it was kind of on the fringe of our, of our, our view. For example, we're having people now using crowd mics as a multi-microphone system for a conference call. So you've got you know two companies you know, or companies that have two different office locations across the country. They're sitting in front of their WebEx meeting, you know, with with a laptop on the table in a conference room and, and ten people gathered around. Well, the guys that are close to the mic, close to the laptop, sound great, and the people in the back of the room, you know, sound like they are you know twenty feet away, which they are. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is they'll take crowd mics and just go straight out of the iPad or whatever device into the computer and then choose that that input as the imp- input for the meeting. And all of a sudden you get 10 mics in the room for free, by the way, because we don't, we don't charge up until up to 20 participants. We don't charge anything. So you have a free system that gives you 10 mics in the room that, that are just right at, you know, two inches from people's mouth. It, it just sounds amazing. It takes about two seconds to get it and kind of be like, wow, that's, that's really cool. That's simple. It's really about, okay, now that I get it, I like it, what do I do to actually make this happen in my meeting? You know, that, that's always the next logical question. And how can I test this out myself? So we love to jump on the phone, chat, email, text, whatever, and just help people understand that, hey, you can try this out. It's free to try. It's fun. And it, it, it is really going to make a difference in your meeting. That's, just, that's the bottom line. Awesome. So for those of you interested in using crowd mics on your next event, the current pricing is free for 20 participants. Uh, and then it starts at $50 for 50 participants for one week and goes up from there. There's also a place to sign up to be an authorized partner if you would like to offer crowd mics to your clients for your events. So you can go to crowdmics.com or on Twitter at crowdmics. Sound design. Yeah. Sound Design Live produces free audio podcast interviews with industry experts, product reviews of pro audio books, hardware, and software, and tutorials and articles on sound engineering, sound design, and sound system design and optimization. Subscribe today at sounddesignlive.com or by searching for Sound Design Live in iTunes or SoundCloud.